a strong word. Yeah, it is. I don't ever say it, but I mean it this time. <laughs> At least you have the uh, the dude cup, cup, the dude talk cup. Yeah. Well, he said that get the green cup, yes. and then he could image something onto it later in post production. <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying as to get much as, as much as you bust on me about our crummy studio. <laughs> you really think I'm going to take the time to chroma key your cup from the last episode when we have cups that say "do talk" on them? Yes. No. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Mountaineer Kingdom. Do talk. Real men, manly talk. Uh, we've been getting some feedback, some good questions coming in, and we're gonna we're gonna jump right into them. This one, this one's gonna be interesting. Of all the, it's gonna be about some of the gifts of the spirit, specifically around tongues. And although mentioned last, typically in any time you read it in the scripture, it's one of the last gifts mentioned. It's probably one of the more talked about. And let's just run into the wall with it and talk about it. So what we can come up with. Um, you want to read the questions? You want me to? You want to read them? I don't have the, the questions. You'll have to read that. Right, I'll read it here. So I'm not going to read the whole thought process behind it. Uh, this individual is very long-winded. Um, <laughs> I'll mention no names. But there were several questions that come up. I, I'll, I'll preface this with I was raised Pentecostal in the Church of God. Um, it's like the far right of Pentecostal groups. I'm kidding. Um and it's, I've always been around tongues. It's never freaked me out. It's never been in, in a Pentecostal service where there's very lively worship, running, shouting in the spirit and, and speaking in tongues. And it's never thrown me off. But if I'd ever have some, if you could tell the new people would show up to a, a Pentecostal service, the first time a lady would shout in the spirit, they're taking cover, right? And it, it, here we go. <laughs> My wife, she was raised up in Baptist church, so she's not as familiar with it um, as some of us are who, who've been there. And it can be a very different experience. So I'll start with you guys. Have you guys ever, what was your first, did you guys, were you guys raised Pentecostal as well? I was. Yeah, both the conservative church of God and the liberal assembly of God. Yeah, very, <laughs> you have your book. Um, honestly, to I, this, I was not. I was not. I was raised no. not a brethren. Oh, I wasn't talking to you. You've crossed me at the beginning of this. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you were raised what? United brethren. Okay. Um. What about and spouses all the same, similar? Uh, spouse heavy Pentecostal. Yeah. So 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 my wife was <laughs> brethren and uh, Nazarene Methodist. So she's just hodgepodge of trying mm. it out. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it was funny. Um, Sorry, she doesn't listen, so we're good. So, mine for being the uh, great, mine does. I'll, I'll get in trouble. Oh, well. um, She'll spread it to them. So, let me ask you this: What was it like for you to be put into that environment? Oh my! Yeah, that's that's the easiest phrase I can tell you. The first time that she took me with her to the church she was attending at the time we started dating normal church service for them and i was sitting back there going what are these people doing yeah you get that <laughs> yeah like mm -hmm. this guy's doing that and this guy's over here jumping up and down and i'm like is this pe class i was kind of weirded out because it's all of the above <laughs> we, we were very we were very structured growing up mm -hmm. it was 
you, you had your, your pamphlet. And I'm not saying that it's it's wrong to be structured in that way. It, it worked well for the church I grew up in at, at 1110, buddy. Here we were doing this. At this time, we were taking the offering. At this time, we were singing doxology. And by 1201, we was out the door. It's time yeah. to go. Let's go get pizza. <laughs> I like structure. I do like structure. But then that kind of takes away the freedom of the spirit. It does. You know, of the spirit to move, to speak to someone, to... Uh, to deliver someone it just there's freedom in christ and that's that's where structure while it while it being good to maintain um a time frame i guess if you want to say so you still need to have the freedom in christ because at that time i was i was one of the assistant pastors at the church i grew up in so had went through all the classes was licensed through the united brethren um so we had had classes on it. We had talked about it. We had had those conversations, but it was never in, in practice. Yeah. So it was. You a, still read, sang from the red hymnal. It was yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It was a practice thing. And on the flip side of that, when first time she came to to my church, she had never heard the doxology before, and she just kind of that was her moment. Like mine was going to her church. She's like, what are these people all chanting in unity? Like, <laughs> praise God from whom all blessings flow. And she's standing there like, what is going on? See, I, that's how I would be. Yeah. It's like, what is this sorcery? Yeah. That's how I was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it, it's something that, do you, do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's something that um, you get used to. And when you're kind of taken out of your realm, sure. you don't know how to respond. So we're going to dive into this question and learn how the Bible tells us that we should respond. When I, when we go dive into this, be open-minded to the Holy Spirit or be have your ears open for the Holy Spirit to talk to you um, because it shouldn't be something that is gone as, away. As controversial yeah. as many denominations have made it. Yes. And so we'll let's start with um, the questions. And I'm going to read them quickly and we're going to kind of answer them as we go just because the scripture answers multiple of these at once so what is the benefit what benefit is there in praying in tongues in instances of laying on of hands of someone if the person being prayed over and you are unsure about what is being said so i'll paraphrase that so if we well, read the first part of the question one more time uh, what is the benefit okay so who does it or what again what's the benefit if you go to pray for someone up front and you lay, you lay hands on them and pray with them. You speak in tongues, and no one knows what's being said, other than that. So, so can I can I kind of kick off on that because I think in order to understand speaking in tongues, we've got to understand the the makeup of a of a person. Mm -hmm. um, because we're we're th I think I've talked about this in maybe previous episodes, but I think it's appropriate to talk about specifically in this one is we're a three part being. Mm -hmm. We are a spirit. We have a a mind or a soul two separate things. There's a lot of pastors and a lot of people get souls and spirits as right. mixed up as, as yeah. one, as one thing and are two completely separate and we live in a body. So praying in the spirit is our spirit, our inward man, the man who we really are is the one who's actually doing the praying, not mm -hmm. our mind, not our body. Okay. So I, I, yep. I kind of think it through us. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, second part of this is if it comes from an overpour, an overpouring of the spirit, how can it seemingly be done at will start, stop at specific, uh, times? Why are there so many extremely faithful Jesus followers who have never spoken tongues? That's, that's a, that one, that one comes up a lot. Uh, 
can't you be baptized in the spirit without speaking in tongues? And is there an instance where it is okay to speak in tongues from the pulpit? Let's go question so by question. We will, but I, that's the that's the basis of where we're going okay, with this. Okay. So the first one first, the so benefit. Question one is yep. what is the benefit and how is it useful if no one understands what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So uh, being a deacon at the church, we're also called prayer partners um, to go forward to pray for people and praise and worship. And so a lot of times uh, some people don't want to be completely upfront with um, what they want to be prayed That's about. Better. And so they're closed off a little bit. They want prayer, but they don't want to express everything that they want prayed about. So I was uh, taught Some, sometimes in generality, they're like, Hey, I have a situation. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I was taught uh, a couple of years ago to say, how should I pray for you? That's you know? Good. So instead of just praying a blanket prayer say, well, what, what do you, how do you want me to pray? Are we praying for a, a healing? Are we praying for deliverance? Are we praying? How do you want me to pray? What, what do you want from this thing? So when you don't know those things, God does. So the benefit in speaking in tongues is you're speaking directly with God. Yeah. And so 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, you're not talking to men, but to God. No one understands in the spirit. He speaks of mysteries. So speaking in tongues isn't supposed to replace your prayers in your own known language. It's to add to it. Yeah. So you could, someone could come up and say, hey, can you pray for me about X? Well, you can start praying about X in your own words, in your own language, because you know that's what they're asking for prayer for. But then the Holy Spirit can guide you into something deeper that they might be dealing with that they're kind of letting go or not letting go of mm -hmm. to you. And then now the Spirit is guiding you and you're speaking to God. And you, I mean, really, when we're speaking in tongues, we don't know what we're saying. We're speaking yeah. a different language, but we're praying to that specific need that God is directing us to pray for in that particular instance. So yeah. that's a benefit. We're praying for things. Maybe that person didn't even know they need to pray for yep. because the Bible says that God will rebuke the devil, the devourer for our sake. Yep. So what that means is we might not even have any idea that the demons or the devil is near us at the time. We're getting ready to attack, but God is going to rebuke them for our sake. Mm -hmm. And so I believe it's a tool to let's nip that thing in the bud because God knows it. We're already praying about it. We're going to pray some extra stuff and yeah. add to it. And, and then two things to touch on that since you brought up the prayer partners thing. We'll talk about the when we were praying for the lady with the hearing. Sure. Briefly. Um, one, um, I think the more of a logical approach you come at it with, mm -hmm. you're, I mean, not that that's necessarily incorrect, but it's, 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 it's almost like a hindrance or resistance, right? So, was it logical to part the Red Sea? Was it logical to raise the dead? Is it logical? I mean, it's supernatural. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be completely logical. There needs to be an order to it, and a, a, and there it needs to be staying within the realms of the Scripture. But if you're coming at it from a logical, I mean, the resurrection of Jesus isn't logical. Why he would die for us and for all of our sin, that's not logical to me. I wouldn't do it for you, but... You see what I'm saying? Well, one of, one of, You're going to get beaten for me? Come on. Well, you might tell them to one stop. One of the things that, Ryan, you brought up in, in, the, in the scripture you just read about how we speak mysteries into God, mm -hmm. some that that's for our benefit 
a lot of times, but there's also times when we're communicating our spirit is praying on, about things that are in a, in a heavenly language mm-hmm. that the spirit world, only God understands. The rest of the spirit world doesn't understand. So mm-hmm. I, I think we, as we've talked before with, with some of the stuff that Mark Driscoll's kind of talked about with, with evil spirits that are mm-hmm. on, on, in the world today, the, uh, the, the demonic world can't understand what we're, what we're communicating to mm-hmm. God That's about. That's a good point, yeah. Yep. Well, and then you're devising a, a game plan and he hears you speaking, but doesn't know what you're saying. That's no good. clue what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then back to the prayer thing. Um, I think it was my first time up there praying. Yeah. And, Cause it was, I was kind of like, I've not been up here. I didn't know if it had to be approved by a committee or I, I approved you. And I appreciate that. <laughs> but we had a lady come up and could, she had her, correct me as I left get this ear. wrong. Her, her left ear mm-hmm. was having issues and she had her AirPods in ju- and amplified just to, just to hear the service. Um, and then we prayed for her and prayed in her normal language, her normal voice. And then I believe you started first. You you did, you spoke. And then as soon as you stopped, I felt the urging to pray. Mm-hmm. And then it was almost like a, was the round. It was you would start and stop and start and stop and start mm-hmm. and stop. And then uh, she came up to us, what, two, three weeks later at choir practice. Yeah. And share mm-hmm. that. Well, she just, uh, first, let's just give glory to, yeah. to God for this because, you know, the Holy Spirit is not us speaking. Right. It's it's guided. There was something that God wanted us to pray specifically over this person's ear. Mm-hmm. I'll just say woman's ear. Cause of, and um, so she came up, and, and I might not get all this correct because it was loud when she was telling us, but uh, not only did her hearing come back in her left ear, but the I think the right ear, she says she had hardly any hearing in at all. Correct. And it's, it's opening up. Yeah. And so... Maybe that's what we were praying for. You know, she was specifically asking for her left ear because she was saying she was losing her, her hearing in her left ear, and we prayed over that ear. We were speaking into that ear, if you yeah. remember, and man, was the spirit moving. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, and she was just, you know, she gave all praise and glory to, to the Heavenly Father, which he is due, but, you know, it also takes us to be willing to be vessels mm-hmm. to step out and, and pray for individuals like that. But, uh, yeah, she she is hearing much better out of both ears now. One ear she was not hearing out of, uh, out of at all. Yeah. And I think that is just, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, that happened with Pete, uh, uh, a guy at our church. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a name drop here. <laughs> and uh, his ear opened up completely in a praise and worship service. Yeah. I mean, and he had to tell, tell quick. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb and a word of our testimony. And that's biblical. Yeah. You go do it. And from, I mean, he, he was given the opportunity in the microphone to say, I was healed today. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I don't know if that's what all you want me to say. Yeah, about no, that, that was it. And that was one of those examples of when you were talking about, she came up to pray for the left ear. We prayed again. This is God gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. We were just obedient tools. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, we prayed in the spirit and it was actually the opposite ear that got healed. Mm-hmm. So the spirit knew the exact thing to say and the right request. Even if we don't, that's what he's there for. Yep. We'll dive into the next question, but uh, just a little bit more on tongues. So there's three types of tongues that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, private prayer, which is your heavenly language. Um, tongues means languages in the Bible. Um, so it's, it could be used as a language barrier. And that was in Acts 2, 4 through 6, uh, when... Jared and women. <laughs> um, 
when Peter came out and was preaching and all the different language language or people were there and uh, go ahead <laughs> be one of them um, so when he spoke through the Holy Spirit um, everyone could hear not just in their own native tongue but in their own native dialect so that's another example and then uh, the third is a revelation in a language unknown to most hearers needing interpretation so that's more of your corporate setting mm-hmm. uh, and that can all be found in uh, Corinthians 12 through 14. Uh, I'd highly read the whole chapter to get the full context because it's really important. Well, that whole First chapter 12. That whole chapter specifically speaks about speaking in tongues and why it's where it's used, what it's used for, why should it be used? I mean, it's it's an edification of of us, of our spirit, of our bodies, um, and and our, our of our our souls as well. Interestingly enough, the the word um, edifies, where it says edifies in the Bible, a literal translation is charged. Yeah. Like how you would charge your battery for your car. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, read that part about the uh, native tongues uh, thing again. So it would be a language bearer. So uh, two, four, uh, Acts 2, 4 through 6, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues, and that's interpreted languages. Mm-hmm. Um, as the Spirit gave them utterance, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Okay. And dialect. By the so way. I tried to look up the story uh, I heard years ago, and I, I could not find. But the, the gist of the story was there was a church that this woman uh, spoke in what she claimed was her prayer language. And it was nothing but a bunch of clicking, clicking noises. Mm-hmm. And yep. her congregation looked at her like she was a nut. I mean, they believed in speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. but they thought she was being incorrect and being irreverent and ridiculous. I mean, she was really hammered on this thing. Mm-hmm. So at some point they brought in an evangelist who was from Africa mm-hmm. from a certain tribe. And I, I can't remember. Jared obviously has heard the story. So if you know yep. some more specifics, butt in, but don't butt in, add in. Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't like that. But uh, so during the service, they're praising and worshiping. And all of a sudden, this uh, this evangelist hears the clicking from this woman speaking tongues. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, there goes Debbie. Karen's doing it again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he's like, wait, 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 wait. Who? I don't even know why I'm doing this accent because I don't even know what he's. Please do it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who's That's, talking in my native tongue? Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, anyway, so he's like, who? Who was making that clicking noise? And of course, there was, I guess, <laughs> pointing if you're not, if you're just listening. Karen. And uh, he's like, that is our native tongue in, in this tribe that I'm from. She is speaking my language. Hmm. So, I mean, I believe the, the, the correlation to the Tower of Babel is everybody was confused in their language and new languages were created and spread out throughout the earth. So we're praying in our heavenly language, which God only understands, but sometimes we're praying in other people's languages for the edification of that person we're praying for. So there's a lot of times that, that it it is used in that. And if I remember the story correctly, he interpreted what she was saying and it actually edified the entire church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you're, how how would you like to be made righteous, a, 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 a (laughs) a member of that, uh, that that congregation and you've spent years making fun of this lady that's clicking and uh-huh. then the the evangelist came in at the time that she was clicking specifically for something 
uh, about the church and and he he then translates it and then through the but, lord justifies her yeah but there, there's there's a lot of cases so there was a uh, there was a, there was another story of a uh, of a guy who um had like a third grade education this is depression era depression days and um had a had a brain tumor couldn't operate on it he was out the pain was just immense he was out picking some like green beans or something like that out of his garden and uh he started praying and he said that the the, felt like a tornado knocked him down and when he was on the ground he went from uh feeling like this pressure in his head to feeling like a warmth in his head and the the tumor was gone but he couldn't read well Mm -hmm. by the time he went back into the house he knew he was able to to speak according to the as the spirit gave him utterance like 15 different languages wow and uh, so he and he and this this one gentleman's um, dad were driving through a town in in Virginia, and um, he he said, "Hey, we need to pull into this the shop. I need to talk to this guy." So he'd never been in this town before or anything like that. Pulled in, got out of his got out of the car, went in, and started talking to this guy in in German. Was able to speak fluid German, and uh, n- never studied at all. <laughs> And uh, basically what he told the, the, the guy on the other side of the counter translated it back to the other people and said, what, what you're basically you're telling me is God's giving me one more chance to turn my heart back to wow. back to him. <laughs> and he says, I'm not doing it. He died within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But the, the this, this particular guy, because of the Holy I just, Spirit, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. because of the Holy Spirit, That's... could speak Russian, <laughs> could speak German, could speak French, just all these different languages and he couldn't read a lick. Right. Knew the Bible inside right. and out from the Holy Spirit. Couldn't read anything, even mm. to the day he died. Mm. Matrix download. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, it says that the Holy Spirit will remind us mm-hmm. of things. And what's interesting about that is this is an example of something supernatural. And then him being, instead of focusing on how, I don't want to keep using the word illogical or how in probable it may be he was just obedient mm-hmm. that's it he was just obedient um and they, that's why you were talking earlier about the structure of churches and i think everything should have an order to it there should be a plan in place um but as soon as the holy spirit starts moving he will guide the rest of the plan from here it's like hey i appreciate you taking time and getting some structure to this right i we need to to divert a little bit and follow the will of the holy spirit some of the things that drive me the craziest in all of modern day churches today, um, is you'll get into that section of worship and you can really tell it's powerful. And then somebody will get up and say, man, I hate to leave this. And then, and then we leave it. (laughs) And that happened, that's happened a lot and that's happened for uh, years now. Yeah. It's, but at the same time, it's, there's a lot of people who are not used to that. So where do we, tie in well we don't want to confuse people because that's not of the lord that's of the devil confusion and still educate at the same time and that's why i like this setting for these conversations Mm -hmm. is this is a good setting to get clarity on things that that people obviously have questions about and we can stay within the scriptures of it Mm -hmm. because i mean let me it just hit me so there's people that don't but they believe all the gifts went away with the apostles and i've I've never understood that line of logic because i don't know why god would so what was that? Well, they, they would go away when something perfect came, and it's where the Bible came, and the Bible's perfect. 
Yeah, but it's referring to when Jesus returns. Right. Well, so you talk about the, the gifts of the, of the apostles. Ananias was not an apostle. Mm-hmm. And Ananias um, went to Saul before Saul became Paul. God, uh, Jesus told him to uh, go seek out Saul, lay hands on him, that he'll be, that his sight will be restored, he'll receive the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And when Ananias went and saw Saul, um, he said, Brother Saul, which brother would indicate that he is a member of the body of Christ at that point. And he laid his hands on Saul, and Saul received the Holy Ghost. Th- that was from Ananias, who was not an apostle. So that kind of argument of the, the gifts only were with the apostles. Yeah. Well, even throughout the whole test, the whole Old Testament, when God spoke, that was the Holy Spirit. God is the Holy Spirit. It just wasn't, he didn't speak to everybody at that time, yeah. right? So God spoke through his spirit all throughout the Old Testament. And then when Jesus said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to send, or I'm going to go, I've already resurrected, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to send you a helper. Now that's available for every believer now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Holy Spirit was has always been. Just some spirit people hovered over the well, waters in creation. Right. Well, well, one of one of the things, and this is one of the big arguments that really kind of against speaking in tongues is, well, it's the same Holy. The, the, are, are there two Holy Spirits? No, there's there's one Holy Spirit. It's mm-hmm. the same Holy Spirit. The difference is, when when you're to the the point of speaking in tongues, which everyone can receive the the ability to speak in tongues, not everyone has the gift of interpretation of tongues. And mm-hmm. uh, that that needs to be a little bit of a delineation there. So. Speaking in tongues is just an overflow of the Holy Spirit that's in your life, and that has to be a continual. So, so people that are able to kind of turn that off and on, they're in constant communication and constantly getting that overflowing mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Um, Promise Keepers, I was, at, I was at one of their events, 2001, 2002, something like that. And I don't remember the, the speaker, but he, he had um, brought out a series of glasses and put all kind of like, crap and stuff in it and there's different things that you go through throughout the day and what he was doing was explaining how we have to have a continual refreshing of the holy spirit every day and what he was doing was taking water like tap water and pouring it in his glasses and you see like the the really mucky nasty stuff like just kind of getting mixed up a little bit because you continue to pour it in you get that overflow mm-hmm. and the glasses start becoming overfilled and then all the crap gets flushed out and by the time he was done with it, it was clear tap water that he could drink hmm. yep. out of those glasses. And that's what the Holy Spirit, we have to do consistently with the Holy Spirit day mm-hmm. in and day out. Yeah. So that kind of leads into question number two, if you want to get there, yep. or do you want to cover that? No, but we're going we're gonna to move through these ones <clears throat> quickly. Uh, question two, again, is if it comes from an overpouring of the Spirit, how can it seeming, seemingly be, de- be done at will? I think Jared just gave a good uh, example of that. I, I just want to add to that. Yep. Uh, I, in my mind, an overflow and outpouring manifestation are two different things. Like I believe that the spirit can be present and, and you can feel the spirit, but not everybody be filled with speaking in tongues. Like during a praise and worship service, mm-hmm. you feel the spirit, the outpouring of the spirit. We're all praise and worshiping. But it's so in my mind, it's not necessarily an outpouring manifestation. But when you're walking with the Lord and you're walking in, in uh, closeness with, and following the Holy Spirit, you're able to turn it on and off basically because it's a gift from first Corinthians 12, 28 through 31. It is a gift, um, to be used anytime. So just like if, uh, if we're prophets or for apostles or for teachers or 
administrators or mm-hmm. service people. You know, we just don't go up and say, well, the, the spirit's not overflowing right now, so I'm not going to serve today. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that at right. will. So it's to, it's a gift to be used anytime. So we don't give a Christmas gift to a kid and say, you can only use it once a year. You know what I mean? It's a gift. God gave us this gift. God doesn't give everyone that same gift. But I do believe that if you pray and seek for the um, evidence of speaking in tongues, and I've used this first before on, on the show, as a good father wants to give good gifts to their children on earth, how much more does a heavenly father want to give good gifts to those who ask? Mm-hmm. And that's specifically talking about the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, speaking in tongues. So, um, And then this one, and I might come back to this question because the, the, just the order of it. Mm-hmm. Can you be baptized in the Spirit without speaking in tongues? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give you some scripture references to this. Uh, da, 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 where'd it go? Corinthians, First Corinthians 12, 29 through 30, are all apostles. This is Paul writing. I just lost it. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. Mm-hmm. It's whatever your gift. Is. And now and again, there's three types of tongues here. Right, so there's, there's he, private language. He's talking about a different tongues. Yeah, and and so everybody has a different gift and a different calling. Dogs waking up. <laughs> shoddy, shoddy establishment. Uh, uh, this poor studio. Um, so keep that in mind, and because it's been weaponized, mm-hmm. especially this gift. If you don't do this, then you're obviously not as close to the Holy Spirit. And if that's ever happened to you, one, I'm sorry that that's happened. That is not of that is not of God. I have known very faithful, very God-fearing Christians live a long, prosperous life, and they never had that gift. They had many other gifts. You mentioned one that I don't have, the gift of administration and the gift of, you know, I am not the most organized person in the world. My wife is my calendar. She is my schedule maker. She keeps me, and I'm more of the mover, go get stuff done. That's not that's not who I am, because if we all have the same gift, like if we're all the one body, I think mm-hmm. we talked about this yesterday, right. and we all are the eyes, we don't have feet to walk or ears to hear, mm-hmm. right? We don't we don't have the heart or the compassion that people would need. We can't all be the same. That's why we, all of our gifts and callings are different. Yeah. So like weaponizing any gift or anything of the spirit is is absolutely terrible and couldn't be shouldn't be done mm-hmm. so for for example i know this isn't a, a, a conversation about healing but like last week and last couple of weeks we talked about actually a few weeks ago we talked about the struggles that i had with my dad um getting to a part a part where he was turning a corner and then where we thought he was going to be okay and then literally falling off of a cliff um that could be weaponized as he didn't have enough faith to get healed or I didn't have enough faith to get the healing in, in his direction. That, that could be a weaponized thing. It's the same thing with talking speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Some, some people were able to, to do it. Some aren't no clue why um, that's, that's up to something that this conversation with God at some point. Um, but like weaponizing that is it, that is completely of, of the devil and of, of a, of, of an evil kind of influence. It's the same thing as Peter went from saying it there. Jesus went from telling Peter that what he had said was, was revealed to him by the yeah. Holy spirit. And in the very next sentence that came out of Peter's mouth, Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Right. 
Well, the, the main thing is there's no condemnation in Christ. So I think Josh and I talked about this when we first, uh, when we first were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost through evidence of speaking in tongues. The devil would say to me, you're just gibber jabbering. Yeah. You're not really speaking in tongues. So that's not of God. That was a devil saying that to me. And he was trying to hinder my language. And so I had to break through that. And because yeah, I didn't have a very, I still don't really have a very fluid. I have maybe two or three phrases. Yeah. Um, my mom, I, it's, it's amazing. But, yeah. Uh, but to get, to go back to answer, why do some not have the ability to speak in tongues? It, it all goes back. It's, it's in the word verse uh, chapter 12. Yeah. God gives gifts to certain people. And the word of God says that he gives all Christians gifts for the mutual benefit of the church. Church is a body like a human body. It's designed to work together as a whole. Josh already said this. If, we, if we're all eyes, we can't hear. If we're all feet, we can't, can't touch and lay our hands on people. If, if, you know what I mean? So there's going to be gifts that people have that we don't have. Mm-hmm. And we cannot be jealous of that because there's no condemnation in Christ. I, I try to share it with people who have never experienced when it's the, the corporate, when the Lord speaks and then there's an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you the last time I've actually heard one, which is, uh, I think we get hung up on the tongues, but man, we need to get some more interpreters right. out there and develop these mm-hmm. gifts. Uh, going old school ministry. here that I've been in church services to where it's a lively service. Babies are crying. Right, kids are playing, doing stuff, and then the Holy Spirit falls. There is this peace, there is this calm to where mm-hmm. the kids immediately stop playing, and babies stop crying. There's been times you can't get your baby to stop crying, no matter what you do for them, and they cry, they stop crying like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the Lord, someone speaks in tongues within five, ten seconds, someone is interpreting that, and that entire time you could hear a pin drop on carpet. Mm-hmm. As soon as the thus saith the Lord is said. There's a moment of praise for having been in the, the honor of hearing that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then once, not saying that the spirit leaves, but when he kind of lifts that moment up, those babies go back to where they didn't even miss a beat. They're crying again. Kids are playing again. It's like everything is set on pause. Time almost right. stands still. Um, and then you get that interpretation because the great I am is present now. He has a message for you to hear it. And that's why there's the interpretation. And I know we, again, we get hung up on tongues, but we got other gifts to develop. We got prophesying to develop. We got interpretation that people need to develop and and pray on it. Seek Mm -hmm. these things, but seek them in love. Don't forget that. So to go back to the actual point of the question, can you be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Is that what it says? Yep. So again, first Corinthians chapter 12. A missed, not a missed verse because it's right there, but kind of overlooked. The latter part of verse 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, which means when you come to that point in your life where you say, I accept Jesus Christ into my heart by faith. It's, what is it? Through grace, by faith mm-hmm. that we are saved. So when we have that faith, we are believing in Jesus Christ, which means that the Spirit is in us immediately. For us to be able to see that Jesus is our Lord. So yes, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The evidence of that is speaking in tongues. Or the evidence of that is that you are serving in a, uh, to your greatest capacity. Or that you are administrating or you're uh, teaching or you're 
being an apostle, which means you're, you know, a basic definition of apostle is building new churches and starting new, yeah. new things kind of, uh, in, in simplest terms. So, but, uh, so yeah, when you accept Jesus, you've already got spirit in you. So, so you're, the, the question and, and kind of confirming Ryan a little bit is, can you be a Christian and not speak in tongues? Absolutely. Cause you can't be a Christian and not have the tongues. Mm-hmm. So like when back to the story with Ananias and, and Paul, um, Ananias first called Paul brother, which meant he was a Christian right. before he received the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So there is a delineation there. You can be saved without the without the the overflowing of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and be okay. But you, you you can't be you can't have the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and not be saved. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the thief on the cross. Yep. That dude didn't get baptized. That dude never took communion. Well, that dude he didn't speak in tongues <laughs> until after the uh, the cross was over. And there's this, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here soon. I hope I want to make sure we touch all these points. And there's only two more quick questions. But of all the the gifts in the Gospels, every gift Jesus did, he performed, and but it's the only one that it's not clear on. It doesn't say that he did, and there's no specific reference that says he didn't speak in tongues because. Mm-hmm. One, would it be needed if he's staying in his own country, speaking to his own people? And this is where eventually um, the gift of healing is not going to be needed when Christ returns. We're not going to need people that heal in heaven. You get to retire, right? Um, and they're prophesying. We don't need to prophesy once we're in heaven, once he returns and everything's made perfect. So some of these will fade out. And we have these tools now to help reach other people. And I think we got just a couple more minutes. Well, go ahead. Well, like, we it, it the Bible doesn't describe when Jesus prayed to the Father what language he used. Right. Um, but then it's also the Holy Spirit was out was was poured out onto the earth and in, in, in its fullness after Jesus went back to heaven yep. to sit at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. So there were a couple of things that had to occur before the outpouring could mm-hmm. could happen. Yep. And the resurrection of Jesus, him witnessing for forty days. And then the disciples waiting 10 days in the upper room mm-hmm. required all that was required. And then obviously Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father, thus releasing the third person in the Trinity to come down. Yeah. And so um, the, the last one I have here and we'll touch on it and we'll probably wrap it up with this one. Is there an instance where it is okay to speak in the tongues from the pulpit? I say yes. I say yes. Because I, when I first got this, I'm like, I, you know what? It does need to be an interpretation. There does. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm following through the scripture. Church is for the believer. The actual worship service is for believers. And that's where it's, it's so that we can gather in a corporate setting and worship God together. Um, I'm again, I'm not going to jump into, should you be doing that outside of the church and in front of, but in front of non-believers personally, you're the only one getting edified for that. So that answer is no to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you're no better than the Pharisees at that point, in my opinion. Right. But in a church setting, um, don't let that hinder you from one saying that it, it just kind of throws you off. Pray to the Holy Spirit about it if you're having issues with it, or hopefully we can help clear some of this up. But in a corporate church setting, that is for believers, not non-believers. So, so the way I kind of see it's a little different. If, if if the person in the pulpit is speaking in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation, whether it's him interpreting it mm-hmm. or somebody else that's interpreting it, because the the purpose of of the like say a normal Sunday morning church service is is 
is to do some edification of the body. Also <coughs> preach to lost those that are lost. And if you're lost coming into a church service like that, th there's going to create confusion. Mm -hmm. And then the confusion's not of Jesus at that point. And the, the, the I then goes to the confusion of what, what did he say or what did she say at the, behind the pulpit and not to what is Jesus talking about because the, the interpretation is not there. And that's, and, and that's uh, this is probably the toughest part of the toughest yeah. question we've got here because I do agree to an extent with, with Jared, but on the, on the flip side though, speaking in tongues from the pulpits, let's just say the preacher is in the middle of a service but then he feels the need to pray over his own sermon needs help to get through something that, you know, he didn't know that needs to be said. And then he can, I, you know, it's, it's just an interesting thing. That is, I, I believe in the Holy ghost. So I would never say, I can't believe he just spoke in tongues because Karen over here didn't understand him. He, he was praying something where God led him to pray for either his sermon to get a point across or to get help to remember something uh, more deep or just praying for a specific that no one knows about. No, no, there is a difference too with like, if say the pastor's got a microphone, like a, a lapel mic or one that's down on their face, they can't pull away from it. Mm -hmm. And if they are like kind of an old Jesus help me type moment and it's the little bit of the sp of tongues come out in that, they can't help that. They can't help the microphone. And then even like in an altar call setting, there are times that holding the microphone to where the tongues are being heard, usually at that point during an altar call, that is the spirit of, or the body of Christ that is at the altar call. And sometimes that in itself is an edification or a reminder to maybe some some infant Christians to, to start praying in the spirit if, if, if the spirit gives them the utterance to do so. Yeah. It's just something that makes me want to keep diving into it. <laughs> And if something comes up, we'll bring it up on the next one. Uh, we're going to wrap yep. this one up. But it is, it's a great question. Keep them coming. Um, I enjoy these because this is something I get to study and take to the Lord. And it just helps me develop. It, it, it edifies us. Yeah. I mean, when we prepare, yep. and I've said this for years, I'm not 100% sure that I would dive as deep as I do if I wasn't teaching a class. Yeah. Or if we weren't doing this. I know I'd still read and do the devotions, but am I am I diving in, cross referencing, looking deeper into th certain things? I, I I thank you for these questions, yeah. people that are asking them. Well, uh, I I, th I think this is a, a a two episode. I think so topic. too. So we can jump back into because that what this came to mind was. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and differentiating the uh, that compared to when you first get saved and He's already in you. So explaining that would be, we, we, should, we need to do that one day. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. Nick, take us home, buddy. All right. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, make sure you drop us a line at mkdotalk at gmail.com. You can also keep up with our latest podcasts and all the information about each and every one of us at mkdotalk.com. Uh, and for this week, we're, we're, we were super thankful to get questions like this that continue yeah. to roll in. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what we're about here at uh, Mountaineer Kingdom Do Talk is um, – Talking about biblically based manly stuff that uh, we can sit here and beat our chests. And I'm waiting for the next political question. We had one of those yet. That's going to be a fun one. I'll enjoy those. Who's ever listened? <laughs> almost brought that. Up, almost brought up a big one this week. No, I think we we need to do a political one. Maybe that'll be next episode when we get to okay, no, Andy back. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so for the yes man, Jared, for the vacationing Andy. 
Coach Ryan, and of course, our host, Josh. I am Nick. This has been Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk, Real Men Manly Talk. It's weird not having Andy here. It's it weird that you mention it every time. I, I can't help it. <laughs> it's weird that you said that twice, Nick. Give yeah, a different week, so nobody's going to know it's back yeah. to back. Other than we're wearing the same clothes. <laughs> I wear this every week anyhow, so... <laughs> you look green. Good stuff, gentlemen. I'm jetting quick. I think so.